Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Motherhood on Mondays with me, your host, Jessica Olsum. If you're new here, hi, nice to meet you. I hope that you will stick around for today's podcast. My name is Jessica and I am a 30-year-old mom to two boys, Charles, who is four, and Benjamin, who is two. And I love to share gospel-centered motherhood that equips and encourages you to live out your motherhood full of joy and discernment. So if you are a parent, if you're a mom, a wife, or even just a friend that wants to learn how to have gospel-centered motherhood and be discerning in your life, this podcast is for you. And today's podcast, guys, we're going to be talking about health which is a very touchy subject because we are all very invested in our personal health. And when we feel like other people come in and step in and want to talk about our personal health, we get really defensive because um, it doesn't feel good to have someone try and say, hey, by the way, that might not be working. Hey, let's shift the focus here. So before we start out in this podcast today, I'm just going to pray because I really want today's message to be received and heard really well. And also, I want to let you know that if you are listening to this podcast on Anchor, Apple, wherever you're at, um, Spotify, you can actually watch the podcast as a video. I video record all of our podcasts now. So if you're here with me watching on YouTube, you can watch here on YouTube as well. So dear Jesus, before we jump into today's podcast, I know that this can be a topic that people are really sensitive about because we are really protective over things that are really close to our heart. We have really close opinions about these types of things when it comes to health, being good stewards, and especially when someone is trying to um, encourage us or admonish us or even um, exhort us to uh, keep the faith. We can be really touchy about those things. Lord, I just pray that we would be aware that we have pride built into our hearts And if we feel like our pride is being stepped on, that you would help us to have that pause moment in our hearts to just pause and evaluate why we're feeling that way. That if we're feeling offended, if we're feeling the need to justify, Lord, that we would just stop and take a moment to just pray over why we're feeling that way, Lord. So God, please bless today's podcast and bless the people that are listening or watching and help us to have hearts that are ready to hear your message today. And in Jesus' name, amen last week I got into a little bit of a series on my Instagram page so if you don't follow me on Instagram I have an Instagram page and it's called refined purpose it's where I it's the extension of motherhood on Mondays it's where I share gospel-centered motherhood homemaking and then I also share my faith-based apparel so this is my homemaker tee this one's actually a um, prototype so that's where you see a little smudge here so I share faith-based apparel over there And I got into a new series for me called Health. And um, it was a very interesting uh, week because people had very strong opinions about it. And the more and more I thought about it and got into it over there, it was really interesting. The more I talked about health, the more it kind of revealed to me where people's hearts kind of stand on the subject. And lately, the biggest thing that I have been seeing in the health community has just been a very big overwhelm of where people are feeling very overwhelmed. Um, You go on there and there's literally Instagram reels about how all the food is poisoning us, how our government's poisoning us, and how we have to be like our own farmers now, our own physicians. And like, don't get me wrong, I think a lot of things are really bad for you, but 
um, I got to this point where I was just seeing believers and more believers and more believers have this really um, not biblical view of health, but at the same time using the Bible as kind of their reasoning for being so obsessed with health. So I feel like it's a really good topic to dissect. But before that, um, uh, the main point I had kind of made with my health discussion, and that brings it back to why I want to talk about what's our responsibility as Christians on social media to share Jesus and to share the gospel, right? Um, basically, my whole synopsis on health was like, if you are so obsessed with people's physical health and you're a Christian and you feel like God has called you to be passionate about that, my whole point was kind of like, if you're not sharing with them the gospel that can save their souls, then you're missing the whole point. Because if you're using the Bible as your justification for sharing health with people, or if you're sharing health with people because you believe the Bible has called us to be wise stewards of our, your body, my whole point was you should also be sharing with them the good news of the gospel. And that brought up some people that did not agree with me, that did not agree that it was their responsibility as Christians on their Instagram page to be sharing Jesus or the gospel. And one of the main reasons I heard was I'm not called to be an evangelist or that's not my ministry. My ministry is elsewhere. And so I was talking with Thomas about it last night and Thomas's main point was is that it kind of depends not it doesn't depend um but basically what he was saying i take instagram as my platform and my ministry and i am a christian i am a believer my page is based on faith if i didn't share my faith for me that would be a sin because like for someone that doesn't use instagram as an influencing platform if they're just coming on and hopping on and posting a picture of your kid, you're not invested a lot in Instagram. You're just using it as like a picture posting. Like that's going to look different for you on what that is versus like for me where I spend a lot of time on Instagram or where a lot of my personality is here because I'm building connections. Um, he, we were kind of talking about that and I thought it was some really good points because some people just use Facebook. You put your photo, you're done. And kind of my main point um, in that was that regardless of whether or not we are using Instagram as a huge uh, platform as an influencer or not, we are still called to be set apart from the world and we need to evaluate what our pages look like. Because if someone comes on your page and they see that your page is you saying Jesus follower in the bio, but then they go through your page and it's gloom and doom, that doesn't measure up, right? No, does that mean you need to spend a ton of time and only post about Jesus? No, because guess what? We have other interests as well. But I thought the conversation that Thomas and I had had was very interesting about it. And so something that brought to mind to me and something that I think about um, in just every area of my life was whether you eat or drink, do it for the glory of God. So our purpose in life is that in everything we do, anywhere we go, we are to do it for the glory of God. And not only does this apply to social media, this also can apply to food. And so for me, I think that first and foremost, that as Christians, our first responsibility in whatever we are doing is to bring glory to God. Whatever you're doing, first and foremost in your social media 
is it glorifying God or are you hopping on your Instagram and posting doom and gloom? I think some really common things that Christians get obsessed with are politics and health and education and sometimes we get so we lean so hard into those things that we're forgetting the hope and glory that we have in Jesus Christ and so that was really really interesting to me because I know that for me I have felt called more this year to evangelize more than I have before just in the sense of being open to talking about the gospel sharing it on my page because it's who I am there's no separating the two for me but I also think that as Christians, we can't separate uh, ourselves and our faith from politics. We can't separate ourselves and our faith from food. It should be everywhere. Us, us as Christians, we don't get to separate our personality that way. It is us. So 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But in your hearts, honor God the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So I think that this is a really good um, reminder that maybe you aren't feeling called to be as strong of an evangelizer as some people, but we are still called to be ready. Are you ready if someone hops on your Instagram page or your Facebook page and say, why are you always so joyful? Are you willing to share the gospel with them? Because some of the conversations I had, people were not willing. And I don't think we get the option of whether we're willing or not. I think we are called to always be ready. I think of another part of scripture, and if you're a Christian, you should know this, the Great Commission. We were told to go and make disciples. That wasn't just to one specific group in, in scripture. That Great Commission is for all of us who are believers. And it is very concerning to me that there are Christians out there that say, no, that's not my responsibility because I'm not an evangelizer or I'm not a speaker. Because if you look throughout Bible, there were so many uh, throughout the Bible, there are so many people that did not feel prepared, that did not feel like they were qualified. Look at Moses. Moses argued with God so many times of God, I am not a good speaker. And God sent him with his brother Aaron. There was times of where Gideon was scared. And he asked God for multiple signs and God proved it to him. There were so many times in the Bible of where people didn't feel capable or called and they weren't and maybe they weren't qualified, but who qualified them? God did. And it's not any different with us. And the Great Commission says, go and make disciples. So if you think that you as a Christian are not, don't have the responsibility to share the good news that is in you, my question would be, why not? Why why don't you want to share the good news with people? Why is that not something that you want to offer people? If you look at the world and it's gloom and doom and you know that you have this hope inside of you, why wouldn't you want to share it with them? And I think part of it is just like as Christians, we've gotten scared. We have not been bold. We haven't prepared ourselves. We have not practiced those conversations with ourselves in our bedrooms. And let me tell you, this is something I prepare for. This is something that I will sit in my car and say, what if this person brings up this conversation? God, how can I share Jesus with this person today? And it is something that I walk through and I prepare myself in. Don't have to be perfect to share Jesus with someone. You don't, it doesn't even have to be like maybe a flat out right conversation with them. It could just be words of encouragement. It could be as simple as you bringing them a meal and saying, I'm praying for you to get better. 
or serving in your community. But I think on Instagram and the internet, we don't get to have a different personality. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're like blasting it out there and maybe you only use Instagram to post a photo of your kid, but we need to always be ready. We are called to be the salt and the light. And if nothing is separating you from someone else's Instagram page or someone else's Facebook page, people are going to quickly go onto your social media page and they'll know who you're representing. And I think a lot of people do do use Instagram as a social media platform to share knowledge and to share skills. And that's totally fine, but are you still remaining remain are you still remaining rooted in Christ in that or have you totally removed Christ from who you are and your personality? And I think that that's really important to look at. So when I was talking about social media with my husband and just the responsibility of it, you know, I think we kind of came to this consensus of like, yeah, we're called to be set apart. We're called to be ready. And we want to make sure that we are ready first and foremost to do that with people that are, that we're interacting with daily in our lives. But we still are called to glorify God in everything we do. So are you ready on Instagram? Are you ready on Facebook? And if someone does go on your social media platform and they would were to scroll on your page, who... Who is your God on Instagram? Who is your God on your Facebook? You know, like that doesn't necessarily mean flat out posting tons of Jesus stuff all the time, but people are quickly going to see what your priority is. And is that going to be health? Is that going to be um, being a self-made entrepreneur? Um, is that going to be you obsessed with that, whatever MLM you're involved in? Um, is it physical or eternal? So just be aware of that when you are on your social media page. I am not saying you have to change your whole Instagram, your whole Facebook to being Christ everything plastered, but are you ready to share? Are you ready to share Jesus Christ if that moment comes up? Are you looking for those moments? Are you prepared for those moments? The next thing I wanna talk about is food and health. And oh, oh man, when I talked about this on my Instagram page, it was kind of a doozy. Um, and the reason why is I've been convicted about the health community for a while and I have gone in waves when it comes to health. There have been times that I've been like going really hard on it and there's been times that I've also been more lackadaisical about it and I got a lot of really good feedback from a lot of people and I feel like this needs to be said because when you talk about health, like people just like, uh, there's a million different reasons why people do health, right? And a lot of the reasons that people uh, responded back was like, I just am passionate about it because I made these switches. They made me feel better. And so I just want to share them with other people because they made me feel better and I want to feel better. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And that's not the crowd of people I'm speaking to. I am talking to a very specific crowd of people that are so obsessed with their health that they have made it an idol. And I think a lot of people would argue with me, health's not an idol. It's not an idol to me. But what I'm seeing a lot with a lot of Christian people that are obsessed with health, and they use the Bible as a as a like as a health guide, as like a health self-help guide. And they have all these verses and all these scriptures that they use to defend their obsession with health or their passion with health. And the issue with that being is they are just picking verses 
And when it comes to scripture and when it comes to the overarching context of scripture, we have to understand the context of scripture and all scripture should should fit together. It should be this like harmony and this it all it all fits into place in scripture. And so I wanted to break that down today because I am really I'm really concerned of why the Bible has suddenly become so many people's like health health uh, document because it's not it's not a health document for your physical body it's a health document for your eternal soul like it's it's it the the emphasis that we see in scripture and I'm going to break this down here in a second um, about how much how much the bible talks about food how much it talks about stewarding our bodies and by looking at all these things in a big context we can understand what Jesus is saying not what we should deduce we should do. What is Jesus saying about health? And so Romans 14, we're going to deep dive into Romans 14 because Romans 14 is a giant chunk of health. Romans 14 says, it says, do not pass judgment on one another. And in the Bible, we actually see God take talking a lot about not judging people by what they eat. And the reason why is that in Jewish cultural culture, um, especially in the Old Testament, there was a whole law about what you could and could not eat um, and what was clean and unclean. And before Jesus came and died on the cross, they were under the law. They had to follow these laws to be accepted and to be worthy and to, so they avoided those things. And so it's a huge cultural issue at the time because you had a lot of people who would not associate with people who ate things that they considered not approved of. So in the New Testament, what do we see happen? Jesus came, he died on the cross, he fulfilled the, the he fulfilled the covenant and the laws that needed to be fulfilled. And he told them that he made things clean. Things were good. They can now not have to live under the old law. And also with that, you can associate with those people. You don't have to separate yourself from those people. It was a huge cultural thing. It says, do not pass judgment on one another. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. So that right there, let's look at that. He says, one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person only eats vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Um, and then we're going to skip down in here as well. Verse six as well. It says the one who eats eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God for none of us lives for to himself and none of us dies for himself if we live we live to the Lord and if we die we die to the Lord so then whether we live or die we are the Lord's bottom here it says do not cause other others to st stumble and so this is in Romans 14 17 and it says for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. So, oh man, that is a lot of scripture, right? And it says down here, but whoever has doubts, 
is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. But whoever does not proceed from faith is sin. So take all that into account when it comes to food. And this is something that culturally the Israelites struggled with a lot. And we even saw this with the Pharisees, who the Pharisees, everything they did was in this heart motivation that they could earn their salvation. They, if they did all these things and they acted a certain way, they could earn um, right standing with God. And we have to remember that our health is, and the way we treat our health, we need to be careful how we're treating it. We want to make sure that we are doing it to glorify the God, glorify God, but we don't want to be like the Pharisees who did these things for only behavior reasons. They didn't have the right heart motivation. So it's really important when you are um, having health as a hobby that you make sure that your heart motivation is in the right place. If your heart is in a humble place of truly understanding that you want to treat your body well, that is great and awesome. I am talking about, again, a specific group of people who don't do it for that way. So what does the Bible say about food? There's a lot that the Bible says about food, and it talks about the food in a lot of different ways. And what I'm constantly seeing as the main leg that people talk about uh, being their their right to be so obsessed with health, health is, uh, you know, that verse, our body is a temple. So first of all, I want to talk about what the Bible talks a lot about what not to do with our bodies. There are specific verses in the Bible that it talks about things that we do not want to do with our bodies. First off, I'm only basing this in the New Testament because the law of the Old Testament was fulfilled. So I'm taking this from the New Testament. So what does the Bible say about food? First and foremost, talks a lot about not being gluttonous. What is gluttony? Gluttony is overindulging, over overeating, overindulging in anything. You do not want to be gluttonous. And this is a huge one because we'll hear this somewhat preached every once once in a while to not be gluttonous of food. Eating too much food is not good for our bodies. And here's the thing, even if you're in the health community, you can be eating the healthiest food, but if you are gluttonous, that is a sin. We know that that is directly a sin that we can have, something that's directly um, related to food. And here's the thing, you can eat the most healthiest food, but if you are overweight, that still is just as bad because what do we know about being overweight? Being overweight is just as unhealthy. So, you know, it's funny when I see these people that are so obsessed with food, I'm so healthy, I only eat the most healthiest food, and they are still, not healthy. Just eating all the right foods does not make you healthy right away. Um, what else does the Bible say that is kind of related to food and health? So the Bible says to not be a sluggard. So basically being a sluggard is being lazy. So we see this in two different aspects. Don't be gluttonous and don't be a sluggard. A sluggard comes to ruin. Um, laziness. That is kind of associated to health. Are you lazy? Do you sit on your couch all day? That is something that God talks a lot about being something that he makes an emphasis on. As Christians, we're not to be sluggards. And that can directly be in line with the health community and the food community as well. So those are big emphasis. Another thing the Bible talks about when it comes to eating and food, 
The Bible talks a lot about feasting, rejoicing, being glad. There's a lot of analogies with dinners and feasting with the bridegroom. It's this good thing. It's this um, rejoicing, this joyful thing. We see food being in this context of joy, rejoice and be glad, um, celebrating. So we see God talk about feasting in the Bible a lot in a lot of different places. So another one I wanted to talk about was 1 Timothy 4, says some will depart from the faith. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons. Scary, right? Like that that's terrifying. Um, through the insincerity of liars who are conscien whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Hmm. So what do we see here? That there are going to be people that forbid marriage and people that are going to require abstinence from foods that God created. He's telling us there are things that God created for us to enjoy because we believe and we know the truth. And then verse number four says, For everything by cre everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it, is, if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. I could also probably see you if you're listening and you're sitting here on the side of offense uh, wanting to defend or wanting to justify. I don't care if you're obsessed with health. I think that's great. I think your heart motive matters though. And the reason being is everything I'm seeing on Instagram has all been about earning your health. Earning your health by eating the right foods and then justifying it by saying, well, I'm just being a good steward of God. We cannot earn health by making all the right health choices. Look at Job. Job, a man who is incredibly close to God, God told the devil, God allowed the devil to afflict Job. This idea that we somehow can elevate ourselves in our relationship with God to suddenly have, like how, how, how mighty do we think ourselves compared to God that we can somehow earn more favor or earn more blessings with our health. Like, yes, don't get me wrong. If you know every time you're eating that Dorito and you're being convicted by God as you're eating that Dorito, like absolutely, he's probably not going to bless that choice. But he also doesn't want us to spend this over excess of time worrying and tearing our hair out on it either. Because look, it says, it says in 1 Timothy, for everything created by God is good. And I, what I what I see happening is, well, yeah, God created it, but look what man did with it. Man turned it into poison. Like it's poison. It's all poison for us. And I'm like, man is not more sovereign than God. You want to know something? Not a thing that comes to pass that God does not will and God does not ordain. Um, even down to the whole debate of free will and you know whether we make choices or not blah, blah, blah it's a whole it's a whole can of worms i'll have to jump into another time here's the thing god is sovereign god is sovereign over all god's will cannot be thwarted and what is god's will anything that comes to pass so while we have a god that cannot sin god is sovereign and god ordains everything and god's will will not be thwarted so it's important that you know theology to be able to understand how will all these pieces work together? The second chunk that we're going to take from today comes from Corinthians. 
because this is where I see the biggest arguments come from is in 1 Corinthians. And what I want to talk about first is we need to understand what the context of Corinthians is. Because it's important to understand the context of Corinthians. Corinthians is a letter from Paul to the Corinthians. And what is it about? Because there is a huge chunk all throughout Corinthians that talks about our bodies. Talks about our bodies being temples, dedicating our bodies to God as holy. Um, And people use that and they use it as their basis for health. Um, our body is a temple. I need to treat my body like a temple. And it is important to know what Paul is talking about specifically here in Corinthians. Because here's the thing. Yes, everything can be used in the Bible to teach and correct. But it's important to know the context. Let's look at the heading of 1 Corinthians 6. It says, flee from sexual immorality. So what does it say in 19? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. So in this specific passage of scripture, he is talking about sexual immorality. Now, does that mean that we cannot glean from that, that we should glorify our God in our body and everything? Yes, we need to glorify God with our body and everything. It's also important to know what this is truly addressing and it is addressing sexual immorality we know that one of the things god talks about being a sin that is sinning against your body is sexual immorality that is a sin that directly damages you spiritually what is frustrating is for people to come here and use this verse and i feel like this is the hugest verse i see being used by people when it talks about stewarding your health as this for some reason making health your biggest priority when that is not the context of what the scripture is saying this scripture is saying flee sexual immorality do not indulge in immoral things that have direct effect to damaging your spirit and the condition of your soul you are sinning against yourself now can you sin against yourself with food Absolutely, but sinning with food is not one of the sins that will directly damage your soul and your spirit, not like sexual immorality. Those are two different things. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, this whole letter, is urging them to flee from doing the things that the world is doing at that time. And that main purpose here that we see is to flee from immorality. And so many people take this chapter in Corinthians and they take that as a basis of their whole, it's like they've created this whole gospel of health with this verse when really this is focused on sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 10.31, let's look at what this chapter heading says. Warning against idolatry. Idolatry. So that is the context of this passage. So let's go down to the subchapter that we're looking at, which is 1031. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Okay, so that is applicable, isn't it? In everything we do, do it for the glory of God. This whole chapter here on doing everything to the glory of God that says, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. Which I think is really interesting because this passage 
interesting, right? Because look what a lot of people do that are really invested in health. Well, all things are okay, but that not doesn't mean it's helpful. But then right after that, what does it talk about? Do whatever, eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any questions on the ground of conscience. Granted, that had to do more with the practices of things. Um, but it's kind of just funny because it says, but if someone says to you, this has been offered as, as a sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. So the context of food then was different. And I think sometimes we take this and we take this and say, here's my health manual. And when you apply the knowledge of knowing that first Corinthians was oftentimes dealing with the subject of immorality, you need to be really careful in how strongly you're going to take that and say, well, now this is my health instruction manual. Because, yeah, we're supposed to do all for the glory of God. But Paul's intention here wasn't to encourage them to be healthy necessarily physically uh, with their bodies. He was concerned not uh, in their physical health. He was concerned with their spiritual health. He didn't want them to sin against their bodies to do these sins that physically damaged their standing with God. And here's the thing about food. Food can be a sin. Yes, it can definitely be something that causes us to go down a gluttonous path for sure. But food is not one of the things that affects your salvation with God. Um, now, could you have a really horrible relationship with food? Absolutely. But food is not going to take away your salvation in God. You cannot earn or take away your salvation based upon what you eat. Now, I'm sure there are people that could argue extreme cases with me. But when you look throughout all scripture and you apply what God talks about in all scripture, his con God's concern and Jesus' concern wasn't so much on the physical body. God's concern was with our souls. So... Should food and should what we eat be a concern to us? Yes, absolutely. We should be stewards of it. But when we look at scripture, when we look at the context of these verses and what it tells us to do and not do, this is not an instruction manual to give you license to then be obsessed with food above the other responsibilities we have as Christians. And that leads me into the last thing I want to talk about, and that is idols. Anything in our lives that takes away our devotion and our joy found in Christ can be an idol. And I know I've talked really heavily about social media. I know I've talked really heavily about health and breaking down why so much of the Bible is applied to making it a health manual when it's an eternal health manual. So much of God's concern in the Bible was spiritual. You know that something spiritually is making you sin in, with food and you have the knowledge and you are convicted about it. Absolutely follow that. But it's not to be made an idol. idol. And even in here it says warning against idolatry. Warning against having things that are going to do that in your life. And the same goes for having idols in our life. And so that's what I want to end today's podcast on. Are you making anything in your life an idol? I know this has been heavily social media focused or health focused and picking apart what the Bible says about food. It talks about let's not be gluttonous. Let's not be sluggards, but also let's feast. Let's be glad. Let's be merry together. Yes, our Bible, our body is a temple. Do everything to the glory of God because we do not want to compromise ourselves spiritually, but 
Also, you cannot earn salvation on your own. You cannot earn more time physically for your body on whether or not you crack the code to health. And here are my question for you in your life. Here is my general uh, checklist for you to check to see if health is an idol in your life. Does it keep you from being in the word of God? Do you spend more time on Instagram than in your Bible? Probably a sign that it's an idol. Do you spend more time researching where your butter comes from than spending time in the word? Probably an idol. Anything that's keeping you from God, anything that is more of a priority than God is an idol. My second thing, is it misplacing your faith and trust? And is it taking it off of God? And is it putting it in yourself, in your works, and you earning um, things for yourself? So an example I have of this in my life, and I shared this on my Instagram page, was during the summer, we experienced some really hard financial setbacks. And I was pretty stressed out at this time. And I was really struggling to trust that God was going to provide for us. This is an example of me putting the idol of trusting in my own self and my own works and trusting in God to provide. Because what I decided to do is I saw that um, I could donate plasma. And I'm not saying that donating plasma is bad. It definitely is a resource that a lot of people can use. There's a fine line here because for some people, God is saying, yes, go donate plasma. I had talked to Thomas before I donated plasma and was like, I think I should do this. I It's a way God provided for us. Like, I should do this. And Thomas was like, you know what? I don't think that's good. I know how much pressure it puts on you as a wife and as a mom. You have a lot on your plate. And he had already told me in his wisdom that God had given him that no, you need to be here caring for our kids. God's going to provide for us. And I didn't trust in my husband who God gave the wisdom to let me know, hey, I'm going to provide for you. And what I did was I took the trust and the faith I was supposed to have on God to provide for me. And I put it in myself that I could better earn my own peace and my own calm by going and physically making money by donating plasma. And here's what happened. God let me do it. I went and I signed up and I went a first couple times. First couple times went great. And then after the third time, I started having uh, panic and anxiety attacks. I would be in line and my heart rate would just race and race and race. Because you cannot donate plasma if your heart rate is too high. I would go and be crying and frustrated in my car. And the thing was, is I was doing this by my actions because I thought that I could earn peace, that I would be more financially better off by doing it and earning it myself. And here's the thing. We all do this. The Israelites did it. I did it. And people do it with their health too. And people do it with their food. And we think that we can do it, that we can trust in ourselves and our own knowledge better than God. And it's kind of funny. We think that we know better about food than God. Well, God, the science fact, God has given us the science facts. And the science facts says this is poison. Yeah, maybe some things are straight up poisoned. Some things maybe are. But also, who are we to say, you know, if we do get a bad disease, you know, or if we don't get a bad disease, who are we to say it's because of food or because it's not? Yes, some things are linked. We do have knowledge there. We should use it wisely. What I learned was that I should have just trusted God in the first place. 
And you know what? I used the money that I earned those first couple weeks and it did give a temporary, a temporary relief. It was like this, ah, I can breathe. I'm not going to come to disaster. But you want to know what? I was finding my security in money. I was finding my relief in money. And you want to know who I was supposed to do that with? I was supposed to do that in placing my faith and trust in Jesus. Here's, here's, here's the crazy part. When I let go and I trusted in God to provide for us and stopped doing it by my own work, there were, I'm trying not to cry, there were, God, God abundantly provided for us. God provided for us in miraculous ways. God showed up and there were things that happened of where I got free food, we had bills paid for miraculously, and I just needed to let go and trust God. And that's what God was teaching me over the summer is I thought I could do it by myself. And we do that with any idol in our lives. Any idol, we think we're placing our trust in something that can provide better than God. And that's my point is, don't make health your God because end of day, health is not going to save you. Place your trust, place your faith in the only thing that can truly provide eternally. And so when people get angry at me for talking about health, I try and bring it back to this point. I am just suggesting don't let, don't place your faith and your trust in anything else than Jesus. And if that makes you angry, if that makes you upset, that leads me to one of my last points. And that if something offends you, if something makes you want to justify why that thing in your life can be that important, I want to suggest that that thing is an idol and that your offense and you justifying it and you defending it is your pride trying to keep you seeing the truth that you have placed your trust in something physical, something worldly, and not something eternal. And I don't say that from a place of, I'm better than you. I say that from the fact that I did it. I did it. I walked down the road. I bought a hook, line, and sinker. I did it with my finances. And you want to know what I learned? I kept defending it. I kept justifying it to Thomas. And I came to an emotional place where I, I fell. And that's my fourth point is what is the measure of the fruit of the spirit of your life in those areas? Whether it's your finances, whether it's social media, what is the fruit coming out of your life in those things? Because from my experience with me trying to earn my peace financially, the fruits of my spirit were not reflective of what the Bible said that the thing in your life that you are focused on that has the attention of your eyes, health, food, money, cars, a big house, if those things are not producing fruits of the spirit, it's not producing the fruits of the spirit that God said should be the measure of our lives. So if your life and you're obsessed with those things and it's bringing you more stress, more anxiety, more chaos, if it's not bringing you fruits of the spirit of God, it's very possible it could be an idol. If you are listening to this and you're like, you know what, I have really good peace in my life right now with my health. I feel like I have a good balance. But if you are looking at all this research you're doing and it's not producing love, joy, peace in your health research, if the food you're eating is not bringing more love, love, joy, peace, 
And if it's not overflowing out of your heart in a joyful abundance of being satisfied in Christ, it's an idol. It is. So we have to be careful of that. And that's not to condemn. That's just the truth. And the truth can sometimes be offensive. So here's my question. Who are you living for and what are your idols? What are you living for? And who are you putting your faith and your trust in? When you're going on to social media, can people tell that you are set apart? Are you living out the Great Commission in your life? Yes, maybe Instagram is not a huge platform in your life, but what are your priorities in your life? And do they measure up with what scripture says should be a priority in your life? If we are believers in Christ, we need to establish that God is the one that holds health in his hands. There are so many people that have had the best health, made the wisest choices, and guess what? They've gotten cancer and it comes out of nowhere and you're like, how did you get cancer? You are the healthiest person. And the answer is we live in a sin fallen world. Our bodies are not our, our they're not our long-term bodies. So are you excited for the fact that this is not our home? This is not our home. Are you spending your time doing things that are focused on where you're going in eternity? Are you focused on your soul? Like what is the condition of your soul? And then uh, then go into the health. Today's topic, I know that this is going to be a really, really long one. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that are offended. And I've had a lot of conversations with people who were offended by me um, talking about their health. And that's okay. It's okay to be offended. But just because you are offended doesn't mean you're right. And I am open to conversations and talking about things. But here is what the argument comes down to at the end of the day. Whatever you want to argue with me about being important and being a top priority, why are you saying it's okay for that to be a bigger priority than God? That's the, that's the argument. Here's my argument. Nothing above God. So if your response to nothing above God is, well, but, you just proved my point. Because that is our biggest, that is our biggest thing. Nothing comes above God no idols above God. So if your response to me saying no cell phone above God, no health regimen above God, are you placing total faith and trust in God? Or are you taking some of that faith and trust into yourself? Let's pray because this was a big one. Dear God, help us to not have any idols in our lives. Lord, help us to know our responsibility when it comes to social media, Lord. I know a lot of people feel like it is not on them to share the gospel of God with other people. And God, I just pray that you would convict those people and ask those people why they feel like they wouldn't want to share the hope that is in them. Why it isn't their job to share Christ's hope with them. If you, if you have given us this invaluable treasure, why wouldn't we think it's our responsibility to share it with other people, Lord? Lord, help us to glorify you in everything we do even on social media, and help us to want to be an encounter of Jesus in every every person's life and everything we do. Help us to not put anything above you. Help us to remember that you are sovereign and you ordain everything and that we cannot put our faith or our trust in ourselves, Lord. Help us to have a healthy balance with everything in our lives and help us to not have any idols. And in Jesus' name, amen. Well, that guys is the podcast if you're watching this i hope you enjoyed this podcast and remember you can watch me on youtube you can see my face you can watch me take drinks of water it's really fun i hope you guys will stick around for next week's podcast 
and yeah remain remain rooted this week as you go about your week week also go over to refined purpose on instagram follow me over there for more gospel-centered motherhood and i will see you guys next week see you next week bye